1: Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast on this Saturday evening. We've just watched the final stage of the Basque Country. Very exciting one-week World Tour stage race. Stage 6, GC all up for grabs from Ondoroa to Arate. Ibar, 112-kilometre-long stage, 3,300 metres climbing, and they start climbing right out the gate. 2.2 k's at 9%. Then the Azurki climb, 5.4 k's at 7%. Then the Gorla. Climb 10k's at 5.6%. That one's the least steep of the day. Then the nastiest one, I thought, in the middle, the Crabbelin climb, 5k's at 9.5%, with crests with about 50 45 kilometers remaining. Then the Trabakua, 3.3k's, 6.9%. And the last climb to Arate Aiba, 4.6k's at 8.7%, with a short descent to finish. Goes without saying. All of those climbs, if you look at the profiles, have nasty, steep sections in them, particularly the cramblin has got a very steep section in the middle. Uh, I'd picked, I think, McNulty to retain GC. Benji had picked a to win GC, I think, and also Rolich was the favourite going into the stage, I think $1.80, to take over GC, and he was the favourite for the stage too. It started on Basque Television, I think, Before live coverage started, that we could watch, I saw we saw the live stats or wherever on Twitter saying that people were attacking on the first climb straight away. I think Carthy attacking there, and he was two minutes 30 on GC, and he was then in the group front group for the rest of the race. Um, but yeah, what before the stage, Benji, what did you think would be the strategy for Yumbo Bismarck? Would it be satellite riders? Would it be to just sit on? Would it be to just wait for the last climb? What do you think they'd do?
0: Yeah, Yesterday we mentioned it. Satellite ride is most likely the case. Uh, I thought they would send someone in the breakaway and that would be a, a moment where UAE would need to step in and see if they want to let that go or not. But we also mentioned that the start of this stage is so perfect to have breakaway riders just all over the road because... When a stage starts with an uphill section and is such a short stage, then people who are a minute, two minutes behind can already start attacking. But also everybody that is aiming for a stage win in this mountain stage can definitely do so as well. So you're going to have multiple people from multiple teams trying to get in the breakaway, even teams with multiple riders in the breakaway because they're going to try and set up perhaps satellite riders, but also... A rider with a stronger rider so that the one rider can start pacing for the other. So, those are the kind of concepts you can expect on a breakaway on this kind of stage. And uh, it started off relatively similar, didn't it?
1: Yep. Carthy going. He was joined by Bevan, riding for the ghost of Michael Woods, who unfortunately crashed out a few days ago or didn't start the other day. Bevan looked really good. I think he was joined by Christopher Yul Jensen on Bike Exchange, perhaps a satellite rider too for Esteban Chavez. But that all kind of got, they got kept close, uh, not by UAE or Visma, but by Movistar. Movistar wanted to get riders in the break. So we then get onto the first main big climb, the Azzerky climb, 5.4Ks to 7.1%. And I think riders were going across. I think Omar Frehle was trying to get into that group. Ben O'Connor as well. Movistar were pacing with Enric Mas. Valverde was their man on GC. And it's also Antoine Tolhoek trying to get into that group as well. So yeah, it was I was surprised actually the UAE was so okay with Jumbo Visma getting satellite riders in that group. But not a big gap. And we still go on to the second climb. The riders have pinged across to this um, to this group, this breakaway that's forming, but still like 30 to 45 seconds. We get 40k's into the stage on the Gorilla climb. Not so steep. UAE on the front, let it go out to a minute. They're not pacing very hard. They've got Ulissi, Hershey, Micah, I think, in that group, pacing for McNulty and the Gatchy not very well. Well, not deliberately not very hard because Carthy's 2.30 on GC. And then Padun Bridges with Carlos Verona, so getting a, another Movistar rider in that group. Tollhook's gone across. And then Benji, Mark Hershey. Instead of UAE just closing that gap and... You know, maybe being worried about Young know, having satellite riders in there and Van Severnot in the group at 130 on GC, which is more dangerous, they send Hirschy into the group. Were you surprised by that, rather than keeping him behind to pace and close things down for McNulty and Pegaccia?
0: Yeah, I mainly did because because Hirschi, when he made that move and went to that front group. They started pacing with someone else in the group behind. So yeah. now they were kind of using two riders, even though Hirsi was sitting on the wheel of the other Jumbo rider that was attacking. Then still, it's still extra spendage that I think they could have better off spend. You're right. It was Micah. keeping Hirsi in that group, and and I think that is the first not big mistake, but it's a small mistake that can lead to bigger issues in the future. And I think that uh, definitely played a role later on, but. So- now, Yumbo was at the front of the with multiple Omen. satellite riders. You've got Movistar at the front with multiple satellite riders. You've got Patton for Landa and Bilbao. Bilbao, yes. who missed the breakaway a bit earlier. So he uh, unfortunately had one of his shots already done. And then you also have, a, did I say Astana or Movistar already? But one of the other also had multiple satellite riders for if an attack would follow by one of their riders in that group. So a lot of teams ready for something to happen on one of the next climbs and I was anticipating it and looking at how that group was forming, I thought the stage would go slightly different in the way that we said yesterday. I thought that the race would open up at this point on the fourth climb of the day, I think, just after the one where this breakaway started forming, but it wasn't really on the climbing section that the race opened up.
1: Yeah, it was, they get to the top of this descent. Oh, sorry, the top of this long climb. Group one, you've got Hirschi, Uman, tollhook Frele as well. And then I think Maas and Verona, Carthy. So the two GC threats were Va- Carthy and Van Seven up there. And a big acceleration on the front uh, by Team Astana. This is with, I think, like 50 k's to go at the top of this climb, maybe 60 k's to go. Big acceleration. UAE had crested the climb on the front. They were there at the front. They were on Roglic's wheel just about. Pagachu was looking at his wheel, and suddenly there's a split. Same as the other day with Bru and Thrailer, but this time I think it's Irgir- Izaguirre and Bru attacking on that descent. Roglic just gets on the back. Someone lets his wheel go. Valverde gets, I think, he got into that group, Benji, as well with Fomovistar. So you've got more GC threats going up the road, as well as uh, David Gudu in the group, good descent from him, moving up to contended for the stage win. And now you've got Hirsch in group one. He can't help on the descent. Ulisi and Micah, I think, were cooked from the climb. And you've got Jumbo Visma with satellite riders up ahead and Roglic being brought across by Astana on the descent. So Pagaccia and Bignalti, I think Pagaccia was doing most of it, We had to pace on the descent trying to bring this back, we've got a valley of about 15 kilometres before the Krabbele incline. And this was very similar, I thought, to Paranese Stage 8 in the way it looked, the camera angles. You've got maybe a five, seven-second gap. The gap is so close at one point between Pagaccia pulling with McNulty on his wheel and the group ahead. But just like when Bora went on the front, Astana and Movistar put all their riders, Aaron Aramburu, Verona, on the front and absolutely started drilling it in this valley, extending this gap out with just Pagaccia pacing by and and Uman pacing a little bit more. But do you think, NG, without Astana and Movistar there, that they keep UAE away behind?
0: I think that this entire situation is going perfectly for the people that are in the first part of that split, obviously. Movistar and Astana make that move in that descent, Roglic is able to follow, and UAE is not. What does this mean? This means that they didn't beat UAE in the uphill section, but they benefited of the fact that Roglic has a great positioning in that descent. And next to that, the fact that Astana and Movistar make that move and have the gap on McNulty, who seems to be... Not that great as a descender, it seems. But I, I don't know. I, it's, we haven't seen it consistently that he's not good at descending. But I think it might just look worse because Bilbao was was passing him at a certain point as well today, and it looked like there was a huge difference between the two. But Bilbao is also a great descender. But when it comes to the strategy, Astana and Movistar bring themselves in a good position because they have their leader in that in that group that is splitting away, and. Roglic is obviously benefiting from the situation a lot and is basically being brought by Movistar and Astana there to the group in front where he has his teammates, also Satellite Riders, those three teams. If Movistar and Astana were not in the situation, then Roglic would not have been in the situation in the first place. So I think that's the answer I wanted to give on the question you just asked.
1: So before the Krablin climb, they extend that gap out to 40 to 50 seconds per gacha having to pace. Well, UAE eventually dropped she back to the group way too late, in my view. The minute Roglish got separation on the descent, uh, they should have dropped she back to pace. By then, by that time, it was too late. They'd got onto the cramble in with that group. And I think the, jo- the role for She was to get them as close as possible to the, to the group ahead. Uh, which has Roglic in it, riding away from McNulty and Pagaccia by the base, and then it was going to have to be up to Pagaccia and McNulty to close that gap. They get to the base of the Krabble and climb, steep section in the middle. mass and Godu a pacing on the front, or mass mainly for Valverde. Astana are nowhere to be seen. <laughs> They're all dropping. Pretty much Izagiris hang on for dear life. Roglic's second wheel looking good, and... Uh, the gap is tumbling with Pagaccia pacing on the base, the climb behind. It's gone from 45 to 35 to 26. Eventually, they hit the steep section. McNulty starts to crack under the pace of Pagaccia, And also, because Roglic, maybe over the radio, heard the gap was now down to 15, 12 seconds. Roglic takes over, starts pacing on the front. I should mention that Jonas is just marking Pagaccia and McNulty in the group behind with Yates. As well, they're not contributing really at all. rubbish pacing makes the massive difference on this Krablin climb. It drops everybody in that group the riders and the teams that created the split, created the situation. A star and, <laughs> and star get dropped. He says, Thanks very much. Drops Valverde, drops his Aguirre, brings just with him non GC threats, Godu and Karthi, and extends that gap over the top of the climb. Pagacha, mm. I think, did you think? at any point that Pogacar should wait for McNulty? Because he waited like for five, ten seconds, which I think might have cost him.
0: Well, the thing here is that this is where that jersey comes in for McNulty, I think. And the reason being that McNulty is in the jersey, so the only reason that they have Pogacar even wait or or pace for McNulty at any point is because McNulty is in that jersey. If that was not the case, that would not happen. This is the only situation in today's race where McNulty having the jersey comes into play for Jumbo as an advantage, and this is where that matters because now Pogacar is being called back to pace, and even on the descent beforehand, Pogacar was the first rider in the wheel of, of Roglic, and he was trying to hold on. I don't know if he dropped or if he had to wait for no, McNulty there as well. Right.
1: It wasn't it wasn't Pogacar.
0: So yeah, this is where that jersey comes into play, but. I don't know. I think that on that climb itself, the waiting might have been too excessive. You know that McNulty is starting to drop on the middle climb of the stage with two climbs to come afterwards, then it's kind of done for him. So at that point, I wouldn't have Pogacar wait anymore. I wouldn't have those six seconds that you were mentioning of waiting time extra. And Pogacar should, should just start hammering it up the climb. And he did that after after those seconds of waiting. But those do come into play because, well... He's a few more seconds behind then, which is obviously not great if you want to try and catch up to the front. But he is also not in a very, very great position because the riders that are dropping from the front of the race are also not really going to help him because, well, obviously they're done. But afterwards, they know that Pogachar needs to get to the front. So they will obviously perhaps sit up in his wheel as well because they think, oh yeah, he needs to get to the front. Might as well let him eat his plate out and then I'll start eating my plate. So, yeah, I think that is already something that came into play from that point onwards.
1: Yeah, that made the big difference, as Benji said, is that none of these riders dropping back really started to help. They reached the top of the Incline. climb. Uh, Pagacar has a group with him of Yates, Uvingagor, uh, maybe he's catching Valverde. Uh, as well Esteban Chavez, Bilbao, Izaguirre they all start to join that group in dribs and drabs they've eventually got multiple Bahrain riders in that group and it's pretty simple what happens for the rest of the race. Pagacha Pools they got a long valley a long valley of geez if you count the ones either side of Trabikua which isn't that long a climb of at least twenty to thirty k's of flattish riding. You've got Roglic ahead with two riders who are not helping him. Godu and Carthy were not helping Roglic at the start, correct? Because they're like uh, not exactly keen on bringing you to the base no. of the Rata and then you mugging me. <laughs> and Roglic is riding on his own, fifty second gap, forty second gap after the crablin, and he's got a group of GC contenders behind Valverde, Yates, Begacche, Isagiri. Bilbao, Lander eventually, and I'm like, surely six riders against one on the flat, on false flat downhill, will be able to put some time into Roglic, and they couldn't. And I think Roglic rode full pretty much or rode very hard in those valley sections. Everyone was soft-pedalling except for Pogaccia. Pogaccia was riding full. No one was helping him except maybe Yates a little bit. Valverde wasn't helping uh, at all, which – think was a mistake really like I get sitting on if other people will work but this was just being unhelpful and then attacking occasionally which when you don't have a rider ahead I don't really understand no one helping Pogaccia McNulty gone I think he was at 40 seconds at the top of the travel in and then eventually blew up doing a TT on his own and um, that was pretty much the race situation it didn't change just 40 second gap Pogaccia pacing Eventually, they get to about 16k's to go. Roglic stops pulling so much, and Bahrain haven't pulled. Pagacch is furious. I've got a photo, I think, of him blowing up at them. He's not <laughs> mad at Jonas. He's mad, he's mad at Bahrain, which you know is surprising because Roglic took the Gino and made a stage win. So obviously, we think Bahrain victorious would be trying to repay that by pacing. But they, I think, everyone was cooked. it had been hard from the start. Yeah, they get to the base of the last climb. Godu had already looked good compared to Karthi. He'd been surging a little bit, and he starts riding the front really hard on the last climb. Roglic doesn't even take a turn. Pagac is still pulling on the last climb. Eight case to go. Gap at 40 seconds. Eats in 10 seconds, but then Godu rides it away from him a little bit more, and uh, we see at the end Godu and Roglic fist bumping. We know Roglic is going to give him the stage win, which is annoying because I wanted to see Twitter blow up if Roglic had not gifted him the stage win. And then <laughs> everyone else attacks Pagaccia. Valverde and Yates attack Pagaccia, 35 seconds behind. So obviously with McNulty so badly dropped, Pagaccia was already behind Roglic on GC. Roglic had GC sewn up. Let Godou take the stage win. He came second. Both arms aloft as they cross the line. Valverde third on 35 seconds. Yates, Pagaccia, Uingegaard fourth, fifth and sixth with Bilbao, Chavez and Landovan making up the top 10. Any thoughts Benji on how the race situation could have really changed in the last 30 kilometers with the gap not changing, the people who were pacing not changing the whole way in? Could people have done anything differently? Were people trying to finesse behind or were they just too tired?
0: The second that Aston and Movistar made that move on that descent and the gap opened up and the gap expanded to 20 seconds. When Bogartar started to work for Magnolte, I was calling it for Roglic. I yeah. did not see the situation going anything different from that point onwards. Because quite simply, even if they make it back, I don't believe that Roglic is going to drop. I already didn't believe he would in the first place. So yeah, I know. <laughs> I had Roglic for today, but in a very different situation. So... I. I I didn't expect the race would open up so early, but I did expect Roglic to be able to hang on to anything that was shot at him today. And he got into a position where he even had an advantage on the people that were having to make a shot at him. So yeah. from that point onwards, I was like, okay, Roglic has this unless like a miracle happens when it comes to UAE if bogachar goes into that Tirreno stage four, I think, mode where he moves back the people that are in front and almost catches back Vanderpool. But now in the situation with Roglic, that would have been a nice one, but... Uh, I thought it was Roglicin. But I think the only thing I would notice is that in that second group, we have Valverde. And every single time we see Volverde in the chasing group, he chooses to attack that chasing group instead of continuously working with that chasing group.
1: It doesn't make sense.
0: It it's And somewhat... he was the fastest finisher from yeah. the chase group. I don't know. Against Poggi 1v1 in the last year, he doesn't have a good track record. But still, I think just in general that that is not a progressive move. Oh, no, to Poggy have this still would have to do the
1: most of the work. So you yeah, can still mug him at the end, but just roll through and <laughs> mug him and at the work end. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like what happened yeah, at that, the end of the stage. Yeah. yeah, I take your point. I think you're right. Like it doesn't. And who are we to criticize the man with like a thousand pro wins? But it just seemed <laughs> counterproductive because yeah. it just meant the gap was never coming back. And Pagachi was rightly annoyed. I agree with Benji. The race was lost when UAE fucked up the top of the uh, climb at Aluisa Gorla. Well, first of all, having he or she go across, don't agree with it, said at the time, uh, it's like, why are you having he or she go across with Erman you can have, oh, some may also say another mistake was not having Pagaccio be aggressive at the start of the stage. But that's not really a mistake, that's just more a choice they made. So that's a mistake. I think not having he or she there, on the uh, to help them immediately on the descent. Second mistake is not being at the front on the descent uh, or at the top of the climb. They had Micah and Nulisi there. Magnaldi and Pagacci were at the front of the group, and then all of a sudden, two frames later, they're gone. They yep. get behind Bill Bow. Bill Bow opens up a gap, I think, or a Bahrain Rada to Roglic, who, by the way. Roglic was just hanging on to go to his wheel too. He was like yo-yoing off that Astana group too. It was Astana were absolutely flying. There's problem or mistake number two, snake number three, they didn't drop Hirschi back for ages. It took ages to drop Hirschi back. The second they saw Roglic split, you got to drop Hirschi back. Yeah. The second that happens because you need to ride full to chase him back and it took a long time into that valley for Hirschi to come back. Other than that... Maybe Benji, if Pagacha just attacks across to the group on Krablin, then that neutralizes it. And then Roglic stops riding full and they can all come back together on the Krabalin climb. But this, that's hard to say. I think the minute Roglic saw that gap coming closer, yeah. he was like, I'm going to start pacing. And he was, this is why, okay, I want to also correct the record. Benji and I didn't think. Roglic would have a problem defending the leader's jersey today in a normal race scenario that was the basis of all our comments is that if Roglic was in the leader's jersey we thought he would be fine because we thought his legs would normally be fine in a one-week stage race he's been an incredible one-week stage racer and we saw his legs today if your legs are good enough to pretty much do a 40k solo ITT, hold off a group of GC favorites chasing you behind, and drop everybody on the crabble in halfway through the stage, you probably would have been fine defending the leader's jersey, Benji. I think this is a roundabout way of getting to that outcome, but still, it worked out for Yumbo Visma. Um, I still don't agree that looting the losing the jersey was like some 5,000 IQ strategy. I haven't changed my mind because Benji, it's like Benji said he said it after stage four, Benji said it yesterday, you can't look at outcomes and then say, oh, that justifies that decision two days ago. If you said, well, actually, LR and Benji, we knew Astana would pace at the top of the descent and that Bill Bauer would lose Roglic's Wheel and that's how McNulty would get gapped, then I'll apologise to you. But I didn't see any comments like that. Um, But, yeah, any thoughts on this? on this race, Benji, on this stage? Do you think jumbo are kind of... Do you think jumbo are vindicated?
0: I think that Roglic's decision-making during the stage was great.
1: It was outstanding. I think that
0: the DS's decision-making when it comes to Yumbo during the stage was also very good when it comes to sending riders in the breakaway at the start of the stage thinking that true. All that stuff with the satellite riders, that really played a big role. And I think really they good. didn't make a mistake today as a team while UAE did And some people will say Astana, Movistar, those two teams might have made a mistake by launching the attack in the descent and having Roglic in the wheel. But no, I don't think so. I don't agree on that. I think that was their only option to try and put this race upside down and try and take some magical victory in the end. By forcing that in the descent, they didn't know Roglic was going to be in their wheel at that point. They hoped not. But their goal was yeah was ruined when Roglic was still in that group. And eventually, that well, leads that's to actually section.
1: pause. Pause. Yeah, I agree. Descent makes sense with the star and Movistar. Yes, but going into the base of the crampoline climb, why are you bringing Roglic there and pacing for him?
0: Mm, let's take a
1: look. I think that, that's a good <laughs> <know>, one <question>. <laughs> because the minute he must stopped pulling, Roglic went to the front on the 14% section and said bye bye everybody. <laughs> and then he would have done the same thing on the Rate as well. It was still a large group. So maybe it was too early. It was too early for them to attack and play games there. They were just trying to focus on distancing uh Pagacha, but I think they they kind of ignored the wolf that was in the group with them to worry about the two behind. Well,
0: uh, I I don't know about that because we're thinking about the situation now. As in, this team could have done something still on, on the climb where Roglic went. But I think the domestiques for Movistar and Astana, they were never going to survive that climb. And if they would, then the tempo would be so slow that Pogatra would come back anyway. So I don't think that that was perhaps a mistake because I don't think those domestiques would have survived that climb anyway. And I think those GC riders would have been alone against Roglic anyway from that point. So I don't think it's as big of a, a mistake for, from Astana and Movistar as no, you're, not really. you're bringing it It's just forward. funny. Yeah, it's funny. It In hindsight, funny. it's hilarious that <laughs> it they launch Roglic <laughs> and he just drops them.
1: <laughs> it is just funny. Uh, but, yeah, I, I can't really criticize them for trying something different during the middle of the race. If they'd done it to the base of the final climb without attacking, then you're like, oh, I don't think they expected Roglic to go full on crabbling and drop them all, and then um, I guess have Godou and Carthy. Well, no, they didn't work with him. Crazy stage. Final GC standings: Roglic first, God second. Am I reading this correctly? Wingerol second on fifty-two seconds. Yamavisional one-two. Bagacha third on a minute oh seven. Yates fourth. Godou fifth. Bilbao sixth. Lal 7th, Lander 8th, Chavez 9th, Izaguirre 10th. A wonderful week of racing. Roglic 52nd professional victory. He's won GC at Torano, GC UAE Tour, two welters, two Romandies, two Basque Countries, Liège, second of the Tour, crazy. What do you think next for David Godou-Benji? Do you know, is, is he doing the Giro or the Tour? Um... Because I know is doing the Giro. What do you think, see for him, is TT's obviously the problem, but should he go the pure stage hunter route, top 10 GC? What do you think you'd focus on if you were him?
0: I think we noticed already the last year in the Vuelta, he was hunting for the stage wins, tried to keep a decent GC in the process to make sure that those breakaway stage wins would bring him forward in GC. And it worked out pretty well with an eighth in GC and then eventually two stage wins. Fun fact, one of which was also because Roglic has decided to not go for the stage on Farapona, So it's a bit of a, a meme it now because it <laughs> happened again today, but not really in the same stature of things. And that's not criticism towards Godou because I didn't see anyone else near Roglic at the end of today's stage. So that means that he could follow while the others could not. And in regards to this season, he's the leader of Groupama-FDJ at the Tour de France. When it comes to the okay. uh, parkour, I'm tiny bit scared when it comes to his time trial for that to be a uh, a godlike move. But on the other hand, he could top ten G seats. I don't think top five is really in the cards. God, personally, he lost a minute
1: fifteen in the TT here,
0: and it's so much time trials in in the Tour de France. And this one had hills in it.
1: Yeah, imagine the flat
0: ones in the Tour de France. Like this is not good for him. And I'd love for him to do well in the Tour de France. And I just don't see it happening. I think he's going to do well and he's going to get perhaps a top 10 or something. But I don't think he's going to achieve what they're trying to do because I feel like they're trying to replace Pino with Godu a tiny bit for their GC leader plans in the future. And I'm not sure it's going to uh, go as quickly as they hope. And I think his time trial is also the weakness that Pino also yeah. had in his career. So. I think they both have the same weaknesses and that's why the Tour de France with so many time trial kilometers is not going to be ideal for this man. But it's great that he gets the opportunity because a lot of other teams would not put a rider like him directly in a GC leading position in a Grand Tour. And he right now has shown that he can at least do it in a one-week race. Fifth, Great ride.
1: I think, speaking of the Tour de France, today... Is one of the stages we've had this year that has the most learnings for Jumbo-Visma for the Tour de France on how to put UAE and Pogacar under pressure. You have the satellite riders going up the road, then their domestics Micah and Ulisi at the top of the climb, not marking the Aramburu, are starting a descent attack properly and then Roglic getting in that split. The gap to Pogacar could have been even bigger if Roglic had paced on Arate with Guru, um, but he already knew GC was shown up, s- sewn up rather, because he just had to finish not 20 seconds behind Pagaccha. So I think Jumbo Visma being aggressive rather than defensive was a great. Well, worked out really well today, and I think they could try things like that in the tour where surely their team is stronger than UAE team Emirates. What about on a medium mountain stage, Benji? In, instead of. Um, Tollhook in the group, they can send Wild out there or they can send someone else. Um, they got a lot of options in the Tour de France and I still think UAE team, like it, it's a hard stage today, I grant you, steep climbs, but are you still putting that as a the big concern for Pogacar in the Tour de France? Because Pogacar's legs itself still look unbelievable.
0: I think he won the last tour without a team, so that's an important factor to play with. He was able to yeah. yeah, break a different team, a dominant team, but mainly in the in the time trial towards the end. So I think he's going to require, first of all, to get a decent amount of time on Rolich in the time trials, which is not what he did at Basque Country, to be clear. He had a... a not per se a bad time trial, but for his standards, the last year, no, it, was a
1: bad it was
0: not a good TT. And Roglic had a good TT. And that's the difference. And if that goes into the Tour de France, and let's say Roglic takes time in the time trials and has such a dominant team that is, in my opinion as well, more dominant than UAE, because Micah was decent today, Hirschi was decent today. I don't think both are at the level that they want to be at yet for a grand tour. So we don't know if that's going to improve even further towards those. McNulty's not going to the Tour de France on paper, which could still change. I hope I'm still uh, drawing that p- petition forward, but I think that he might be very useful in that team because next to yeah. him, they, they've still got other riders, but nothing on the standard of Alliance what Jumbo has. Good. And I think that's that's the issue here. But I think that... People also look at the last Tour de France and say, well, like I just mentioned, Ogachar beat a team of Yumbo there. But again, that's just in the time trial as well towards the end. And I think that Yumbo as a whole is very, very complete. And this will likely uh, not change too much for the Tour de France. You know, I think that we, in this race, saw a younger team surrounding Roglic, which was still performing really well. Now, towards the end with Vingegaot, mainly. I think that we notice Allman having a better day than the last couple of days. Tolhok has been has been good, but has not been in the elite level good as he was in the Tour de France of 2019 uh, or 18 One of the two, uh, where he was actually really, really strong as domestique for, for his leader. And... I think if all these rung riders grow a tiny bit more and get to a, a tiny bit more of a level and perhaps be more consistent over the span of a stage race, plus the riders that are obviously going to be there, if or not, I don't know in what role he's going to be there, so that's going to be curious. And the rest of the team that usually is going to support the with like with Kreisweg that is also there, as Sepp guess. yeah. If all those people come together, it's so much of a difference compared to UAE. So yeah. I don't think UAE's team is definitely not as strong enough as uh, as Yumbo. But on the other hand, I think that UAE also has shown to play a very attacking role unless they are in the lead.
1: So Yeah, I think that's the mistake they made, Benji, is that they uh, they kind of played into Yumbo Visma's hands by not using Pegacha as an attacking threat. And um, that was, I think the way they rode at the start of the stage kind of played into that strategy, allowing satellite riders to go. But a great win by Roglic at Bass Country, still the best one-week stage racer in the world. He should basically have a Paranese where he's dominant and a Bass Country already, and um, I still think he's my favourite for the Tour de France because I think team matters so much. And his TT, Benji, his TT is looking absolutely fire at the moment. Three weeks of racing seems to be different to one week, especially for him. So maybe people disagree with that as well. We hope you enjoyed the Bass Country podcast. It was a really exciting six days of racing. I think Astana have to be really happy getting two World Tour wins on the board. Thanks to La for supporting the podcast as well, supporting it for the whole year. Link down below for them as well as if you have enjoyed the content. Before we take a short break, I think before... Amstel Gold race, unless Cav wins during a Tour of Turkey, whether we an emergency podcast. But if you have enjoyed it, there's the CoFire uh, link down below where you can directly support the channel if you so wish. But otherwise, liking the videos, following on Twitter, etc., all that good stuff helps out a lot as well. And we'll see you, I think, next week. Ciao.